Welcome to Encounter Grace, where we come face to face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Welcome to Encounter Grace. We're glad you've joined us. Now, whether you're a longtime listener or you're just jumping into this election special, my name is Jason McKnight, and here in Kinston, we're voting for mayor in a few weeks. So what we did was we reached out to each candidate to invite them to a conversation. And today I'm so pleased to welcome Ms. Felicia Solomon here in the studio. How are you today, Felicia? I'm doing exceptionally well. <laughs> I'm so glad you're with us. Thank you. I know you're busy. Thanks for making the time. I appreciate um, being able to come to the table. Great. Yes. Well, here's what we're doing. And just to frame it for everybody, uh, we're asking the same set of questions to each candidate who's able to come by to help each candidate get their message to the broader public and to help us as voters and citizens to get to know each candidate. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do some softball and, and some uh, personal stuff okay. and, and the fun. And then we'll get into a couple of issues that are on people's minds. Absolutely. And I know you've already thought about. So first question is, why are you running for mayor? <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the, the, the main reason, and, you know, many would say leave that out. But because it's so much a part of me, my relationship with Christ, mm. I can't leave it out right um but you know primarily it's because god called me to run and that's what i know um and so what's very interesting is and he made it very clear and he says that he was calling me to serve for such a time as this mm. and to serve with integrity courage and wisdom and, you know, Jason, I have been um, serving this community for years mm -hmm. um, before there was ever any kind of title, before there was any elected offices. And primarily, um, it is because I love this community. Like, I love the people that are in it. Um, I believe, and I, well, I know, because I have the evidence to support it. You know, when you believe something, you accept it as a certain fact. Mm -hmm. But I have the evidence to support, you know, that I have served this community as as a bridge, mm -hmm. as a unifier, yeah. and have done work um, with amazing people across this community. Um, and just knowing, you know, the power of who we are when we work together. And so I do have a lot of concerns. I believe that this is an intricate time mm -hmm. um, in our local community. And I know that it will take strategic leadership and that there are things that we have to accomplish, yeah. but it's going to take us doing the work together. Right. right. Well, that's great. I'm so glad. Let me ask you this. What's the best thing about living in Kinston? Community. Yeah. That's what I, I would yeah, say. Yeah. I, it, yeah. It's, it's community. Um, and over and over again, I've found that when it comes time that you never have to really walk this journey alone. Mm. Like you, like in Kenston, there are people that are like willing to help. And so one of the things that I'm hoping is that we begin to quote commune together, yeah. that we begin to communicate with each other so that we know, you know what I'm saying? Who our neighbor really is right. and begin to learn whoa, 
that there are more things that connect us than separate us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Now, so where did you grow up and how long have you been in Kinston? Ah, so born and raised in Kinston. You have? Okay. Born and raised in Kinston and actually moved back in 2000. And, and much like, you know, accepting um, the call to run for office, accepting the call to move back to Kinston. Wow. And I share this with some with someone that um, when you think about, you know, the plans that, you know, God has for us, they don't always align with ours, um, but they're good and perfect. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And so um, I moved back in 2000 and started teaching at Samson Elementary. And I met you, I think it was probably 03 or 04, maybe 05, but when you were principal at Southeast. Oh, yes. And Uncle Jimbo had me come down to help in one of the classes, <laughs> and I remember meeting you as principal down Absolutely. there. Absolutely. And it's funny that you would, I'm um, glad that you, you mentioned Jimbo, because when I moved back home, there were things that I believed, but it was in that time that I developed the foundation of my belief platform of being able to see beyond what you see mm. and knowing that we are called to live life as a cause beyond ourselves. Yeah. And one of the greatest things, and this is, and I, and I, I stand on this and this prayer really took real meaning. Um, thy kingdom come, mm. thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jimbo served as the greatest teacher for hmm. me of what that meant. Wow. And what I've learned is when we think of the kingdom, it is a mindset. It's a mindset. It's yeah. a mindset. Yeah. And it's not just limited to the walls of a church. Oh, right on. You know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. it is um, the mindset of being kind to your neighbor, mm -hmm. you know, loving your neighbor empowering your neighbor, yeah. you know, Sacrificing. not pitying, not, not pitying, you know, you know, if you pity that keeps you somewhere where you are. Yeah. It keeps you on the up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. therefore, um, I just believe, um, that even when we look in government that it cannot be, and honestly, this campaign season is, the, is really the first time that I've really seen, whoa, this is politics. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because it's always been about serving for me. Right. It's always been about serving for me yeah. and making, wanting for people to be okay. Mm-hmm. And for things to do what? To get better. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Wave a magic wand. Get your magic wand out. If you could solve one problem, one problem in Kinston today, wipe it clean, what's the one problem you hit? Increasing revenue. Increasing revenue. Increasing revenue. In the city government. Within the city yep. government. Yep. Without having to use raising taxes. Right. Other ways to find it. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then when when that happens with the increased revenue, you know, you then have what? Infrastructural needs that are met. That's right. You know. That's right. That's what my wife says all the time. Honey, we just need to increase the revenue. Well, at home. Your wife is correct. <laughs> no, I'm just... <laughs> well, then, okay, let's go one step further. Uh, what are the three biggest things the next mayor needs to focus on? Yeah. Um, so, definitely um, securing a city manager. Mm. Yeah. 
So, yes. you know, I, this is this is the first time I, I we have found ourselves in a place where um, we're in, in search of a city manager, mm -hmm. um, a city planner. You know, fortunately, Adam Short is still in, in the, the county. county. Yep. Right. And also a police chief. We have we have an interim police chief as well. And so this, again, is a time where I feel like we're at the, 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 the brink of something great, yeah. but we've got to give careful consideration. We must be strategic. Mm -hmm. Another thing which, which will bring me into where we are is that we must unify. Mm, you know, yeah. like, like living in, 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 in Kinston and living in, in quote, pockets. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, Jason, sometimes it's as simple as a mindset. Mm -hmm. And we, it's true. Yeah. And, 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 and simply because it is easy to make judgments. But how do you make judgments based on people you don't know? Right. So creating, right. creating spaces and creating spaces that will allow us to even engage in brave conversations. Mm -hmm. Like though, that is, those are the steps that move us into truly getting to know those who labor among you, getting to know those um, that live within the same community, and then growing into a true community mm -hmm. where you truly know your neighbor. That's great. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, well, those are big, big deals. True community and growing into that. And then um, those three key positions, which you're right. I don't think we've ever had three of them, those ones open at the same time. Right. And at least and, not in the last 20 years. Right. And so, I, you know, um, because I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm really, I'm concerned because residents in the city, you're what? You're, you're double taxed. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're, you're double taxed. And so um, I think it's, and it's going to be very important you know, strong collaborations, mm -hmm. strong collaborations, because mm -hmm. we're only as strong as the weakest link. Yeah. And yeah. so when we consider, you know, strengthening partnerships. Um, talk about, I mean, you, you talk about double taxed and, and so city and county. And I've, I heard when I moved here, a lot of people say, oh, move into the county. So then you don't have to pay as much tax. And I thought, well, then I got to put my trash in the back of my car. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, there's different reasons for paying tax. Tell us about the relationship, what it should be between the city government and the county government? What you think? Yeah, so, um, and, and actually it's what I know. Okay. Right, um, because um, even um, our, our county commissioners right now, you know, they're working on, um, you know, they're meeting with some companies, you know, trying to get broadband, you know, mm -hmm. increase, you know, um, having conversations with broadband providers. And the goal is to be able to share something by mid-November, end of November. Um, but being able to be a part of, of those conversations, right. it is key and, it, and it's vital. Um, when we consider that this is the county seat, mm -hmm. the idea of us being separate bodies is just, it, it's, it's, it's ludicrous. Right, um, right. And so one thing that I'm very grateful for is because I often wondered when I came on 2015, why the council and the commissioners never came to the table. Um, that just doesn't seem sound. 
And I'm pleased that we have grown into establishing stronger relationships. When I think about our county manager, Michael James, um, he's been um, very intricate. Um, he and our, our present um, chair, Linda Rouse Sutton, of moving to every you know municipality and bringing us all to the table so that we all know the same thing, that we're hearing mm -hmm. the same thing at the same time. And we're beginning to work strategically to grow this county. Yeah. And so that is another reason why it's very key for us to make sure that we secure a city manager right. that is able, you know what I'm saying, to help grow the relationship and to help accomplish some amazing things in this city this county yeah and oh. so you know in my in my mind you know you really can't separate mm -hmm. because the growth of one impacts the growth of the other and what are we supposed to do grow right. together right right yeah. on right yeah. on that's great jumping off that let me ask you more of a more of a philosophical question yeah. like not not yes. down in the policy but up in the weeds uh, what is the proper role for government in a society um, so, of course, you know, looking at policies and procedures, you know, when we think about, you know, our local government, mm -hmm. um, it's the what, you know, we look at ordinances, um, we look at zoning, um, when we consider, like, government. When I consider um, the role of mayor and even that of, of, of a council person, I do feel like there has to be a sense of empowerment and that mm -hmm. we have to work to create, as I said earlier, these spaces mm -hmm. and these opportunities for individuals to be able to improve the quality of their life. And it is not based on depending on five and or six people. Right to make every decision for your life. That's good. Um, and, and that's why it's so important for us to begin to come to the table because the reality of it is, is um, the voices of the people, like they matter. And bringing people into a place where they're very comfortable with sharing their ideas, their hopes, their concerns, because that's where the the, the real wisdom lies. Right. The real wisdom lies within the people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, that's you know, good. yeah. Oh, that's excellent. Let me ask you, everybody lives with a set of lenses and they see the world that way. So some people talk about worldview, like mm -hmm. how you look at the world. Have you ever thought about yours and kind of how you would define it quickly? Uh, so I definitely, I never really thought about it that way. Um, I would definitely say, and, and this goes back to the power of community, mm. that when we take the time to come to the table, like what we're doing now, right. lending our ears to listen, we will discover that there are more things that connect us than separate us. When we take yeah. time to listen to different perspectives, we will understand that just because I may not always agree with you, it doesn't mean that I should hate you or um, that we can't even um, walk together. Yeah. I think that is the beauty and the power 
um, of a community and, and just being able to learn and grow um, by lending your ear and knowing that everyone has a role to play. Mm -hmm. Like everyone has a role. There is value in every person in a community. And there have to be individuals that are, that are willing um, to try to help empower them to know their value, to know their worth, to know the power of their voice, and to begin to help develop the seeds of the potential yeah. that are in the, within the community. Robert Lupton, who's worked inner city Atlanta for 50 years, okay. Bob Lupton, he wrote a book called Toxic Charity. Mm -hmm. And in that book, um, he talked about ABCD, asset-based community development. And, he, and, and the asset is every person, just what you're mm -hmm. saying. Every person has something that we would say God gave them. Oh, yeah. And, and, every, and it's so sad when they're not, they're looked at as a liability. Absolutely. You yeah, know? And you know, I tell you, um, I, and I don't know if this is, has been something that has kind of crippled me, but I don't think so. But it's like I I see mm. like the good in people. I see the good in people. Um and it's just even as I get older, like even as an like as an elder, like I believe I have responsibility to give to mm. those that I walk along beside of, those that come behind me to give to them what was given to me. Yeah. And because, and I've often said, like lending my ear, you know, to my elders, to my neighbors, many of the things that were shared with me, it became my wisdom and it, and it made me better. And I'm gonna tell you this, I, I, I am a product. The making and molding of Felicia Solomon has come with every member of this community that took the time to walk with me, to collaborate with me, to listen to me, mm -hmm. to pray with me. That's the making and the molding of me from the time, you know, my teachers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, yeah. like moments like this, like mm -hmm. the community has made me. And when I look at it as even that seat as mayor, like that seat does not belong to a person. Right. That seat belongs to the city. Right. That right. seat belongs right. to the people. And I just want to take care of the people. Yeah, that's great. Okay, let's get into some topics. Let's get, let's get into some fun. Um, what political party are you affiliated with? I'm a registered Democrat. Registered Democrat. So if I tend conservative, why should I vote for you? And then go ahead and ask, answer, if I tend liberal, why should I vote for you? <laughs> so... Well, actually, this question has come up, right? Yeah. And so I would say that it's definitely um, about selecting the best candidate, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it goes back to what I've said. There are more things that connect us than separate us. Like, like, what, like what do I believe? Um, I do believe that we have to always keep in the forefront of our mind that the decisions that we are making that they cannot be selfish decisions, but you have to consider who? The taxpayers. And not and, and, and this is the thing. When we're spending taxpayers' money, mm -hmm. 
their thoughts, their concerns, they need to be heard. Yeah, they need to be heard. Um, and so, um, you know, it's funny. It's it's like it's it's I'm me, like I am me, right, right. and I and I just really believe um, in, in the state of politics right now. It is about doing that which is right by people. It's about doing you know what's right by people. Um, so I don't know if that Good. answered your question, but no, I love yeah. it. I mean, okay. I love I love hearing what what you have on your heart there. Um, we hear people say the system is racist. How is that true? And then how is that disingenuous? Like, give us both sides of that. Yeah. So um, I I think we have to be very careful. Um, and and this is really good because a couple of uh, months ago, um, I had an opportunity to um, facilitate a um, a book study, a book discussion on So You Want to Talk About Race. Um, with um, Michael Martin, who was actually the co-facilitator of that. Yeah. And so I think what has happened is that there is a failure for us to sometimes acknowledge that racism, it is real. It, mm. it, it is. Um, it's not anything that's made up. It's not imaginary. When we look at systems and structures and processes that were created, really in the inception of the nation, and we start to consider some of the things that are still in place, who was at the table when the decisions were made? Who, were at, who was at the yeah. table? And so what yeah. do we know? We know that it was what? Older white men. So as we've grown, and we think about the fact that hmm, thoughts and ideas were, were basically for the good of older white men, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that when we understand that we're in a time where there were people who were not at the table, you know, understanding when the vote came, you had women who ended up having to fight for the right to vote. And, you know, you had people who had to pay these poll taxes and, mm -hmm. you know, you know, yep. African-Americans yep. just alike. Um, but I think it's, it's a conversation um, that needs to be talked about, that needs to be held. I do think that we have to be very careful that we don't generalize and, mm -hmm. and point fingers and um, persecute individuals mm -hmm. and give people a chance and an opportunity. Um, even with conversations about this particular race, when we consider diversity and when we consider for so long that for most boards and most commissions and most decision makers that it's been dominated by what? White men. And we all know how it looks not to see yourself represented. So we have to also keep in mind that when we consider making sure that people are represented at the table, you do have to consider issues of race. Mm -hmm. You do consider, mm -hmm. is there a woman at the table? And I'm not just saying that because I'm a woman. <laughs> but, um, but there's a lot of wisdom in yeah. women. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and age and things of that mm -hmm. nature. And so 
um, I think we are better, you know what I'm saying, when, when there's a diverse group, you know, and even, you know, when we consider, you know, like, like this race, you know, like it is always important to choose the best candidate. Right. Um, but I would, I would just challenge people to just, you just realize, again, there are more things that connect us than divide us. Yeah. And so just as when you consider looking through lenses, how sometimes pockets and groups of people may feel um, underrepresented, that's a reality. Mm-hmm. That's a reality. Um, and so some of the same grace and mercy that you desire, give that to your, your brother, your fellow man too. That's great. I, and, and regardless of the race. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate you tackling that and, and framing that because that's something that we're, we hear all the time. And, and I, I like to hear, right, what do I need to learn? And then where, where do my friends disagree even with the yeah. statement? And it's helpful. So that is really good. And so one of the things that I'm, I'm grateful about is when we talk about, um, you know, many times people will talk about, well, I'm not racist. And so the conversations about being anti-racist, like anti-racism, and having, you know, like the conversations about like, like what does that, like what does that look like? You know, because it's, it's real. And so we have a responsibility um, to raise our children and those that are coming um, behind us of understanding um, our responsibility, and I think what happens is, is that there's a lack of empathy, right? And you know, sometimes sharing of experiences, the sharing of experiences, can sometimes make people feel, um, I guess, I guess I would say, uncomfortable, uncomfortable. But I've always been one that you can't conquer what you're not willing to confront. And I think that's why it's so important to create those brave, safe spaces where we truly get to know each other. Mm. And I think one of the beautiful things about the relationships that I've developed in this community is that the people that I've develop relationships with, whether they're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, or the like, young, old, is that they took the time to know me. And knowing me, also, they um, wanted to know my experiences as a black female, you see? And just as I wanted to know, you know, because I'm going to ask you a little more about growing up in Canada too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's who we are. Mm-hmm. And so it causes me to love you even more. Right. You know what I'm saying? To develop a greater, stronger relationship because what happens, the sharing of your experiences, mm-hmm. it grows me. Yeah. yeah. You know, when I got married, uh, my wife, uh, all of a sudden I realized uh, my wife being a woman wasn't as comfortable walking at night alone in the city. I had never thought of that in my life. I grew up in a big city and I'm a guy and I just walk around, it doesn't bother me. I never thought once about being mugged, except one time I took a wrong turn. But like, but to think that my wife as a a single woman or if she's out without me, she is always thinking, hey, who who could be around that mailbox or around that corner? In in Montreal, in Charlotte, in Boston, where we lived before moving to Kinston, 
Well, you get to hear someone's experience and you say, oh, that's right. That's how you have to navigate the world as it is. And um, so, it, you know, I mean, that's just what we're talking about here is learning people's experiences and and seeing the world from where they've been. Absolutely. So that's perfect. And, you know, Jason, and this is this is something, too, is the thought of, you know, when we think about politics and you think about, you know, when when Democrats support Republicans and Republicans support Democrats and and even the thought of thinking <laughs> as it pertains to even my running for an office that I wouldn't deserve the support of white people. You know what I'm saying? And and that is and that mm. and I'm just being very transparent wow, right now. Yeah, I didn't know. But but that is that is mm. an idea. But the reality of it is this. When we have done the work mm-hmm. with black people, white people, it was about the work. Mm-hmm. It's about putting our hands to the work and getting it done. And, you know, I've, I was asked um, about why, why does it seem like so many Republicans are supporting you? I says because it is about supporting the right person. It's about supporting the best person person. It is about supporting the one who has the best interest of this community at heart and in mind. And that's what it's about. Like it is really about people who want to work together and simply make things better. I love hearing that. So let me ask you about, let me shift gears totally into something way off what we've been talking about. What would you do about the floods that keep hitting Kinston? Yeah. So there's there's work that's in that and and I'm and that's one reason why I'm I'm really grateful um, for to the delegation that we have mm. um, where that is um, a topic you know of you know discussion I think when we consider um, flood mitigation that this is not an issue that can be solved just within our local community that we have to talk to our neighboring um, counties. You know, we've, you know, having those conversations in Raleigh and, um, you know, conversations with those that are in New, New, New Bern and those bordering um, counties, um, because when we consider like the need to like the kind of build up land and, and things of that nature that, you know, it's, it's an ongoing conversation, you know what I'm saying, that's, that's necessary. Um, but it's also one that's going to require the help of our neighboring counties um, when we consider, you know, um, when those hurricanes come mm-hmm. and when, you know, it comes time, you know what I'm saying, for those waters to have, have somewhere to go. Yeah. And unfortunately, those waters, you know what I'm saying, are kind of like drawn to our area. Um, so I would definitely say, you know, continuing, you know, saying the conversation, the work that has already started. Yep. Good. Um, I do think, though, um, that as it pertains to like preparation, I would love to be able to see, you know, somewhere that is already like there are like areas in this community um, that I just feel like could just be used for situations such as, you know, during those natural disasters, 
um, like with shelters and things of that nature, like that are already like mm -hmm. in place. Right, right. Um, because everyone can't get to LCC. Yeah, and that's everyone, true. Yeah. On that side of the river. And... Yeah, so. Uh, let me, okay, just a couple more questions. For the last three, three and a half, four years, I have seen signs everywhere, help wanted. I've seen help wanted signs everywhere in Kinston. Yesterday or the day before on Facebook, Sanderson Farms, second shift, gonna pay you 37,000 bucks a year, if yeah. I did the math right, yeah. for someone with no training and no education. That's a great wage. Now, on the other hand, we got many folks in our community struggling on social assistance. And social assistance is fantastic in a crisis, but I don't think it's helpful as a long-term way of life. So here's the question. How would you help folks transition from social assistance to the joy of supporting themselves? Yeah, so this is interesting. And, and this is, and I learned a lot. So when I was a principal, I um, went to our local housing authority and asked if we could mandate parents having to attend parent, teacher, school administrator conferences at a, at a minimum of four times a year. And that is when I found out that it, it is federally operated and that is outside of what we can do. And so then I'm like, wow. And so here we go talking about those old antiquated processes and right. procedures and structures that were put in place. Because what happens then is that you, 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 it's one of those things where you've got to give you you've got to give something mm -hmm. to get something, right? Right. I mean, that's the way the world works. Right. And so, you know, one thing that I have learned is that it, it's about revisiting some structures that are in place. You know, there's an idea that sometimes people who live in public housing just love public housing. That's not it. Yeah. That's not it. But as soon as I do secure a job, and I get my first paycheck. All of a sudden, my rent goes up to six hundred dollars, right. which prevents me from being able to get a nest egg to be able to save. When I consider what has happened, you know, during the pandemic, um, and it goes back to structures and processes, I worry mm -hmm. about a long-term damage that we may have done or perpetuating um, dependency, mm -hmm. dependency, yep. and not helping people to be self-sufficient. Mm -hmm. Because now is the time, while the jobs are here, for people to secure yeah. jobs, because there is no way we can continue to do what we've done for the past two years. We just can't do it. There is a there is a short-term impact that's happening where we have our um, local businesses and our, and our small businesses um, that are suffering because people are not coming to work. Then those who are coming to work, we have to remember to show them kindness and let us be very careful about how impatient we grow with them. Hmm. And instead, we need to honor them because they're choosing their own path. Like yeah. they're choosing, you know, to have control, yeah. you know, over their lives. And and so I'm, I'm very fearful 
as it pertains to um, people still kind of like riding out this this wave, you know, of of, of, of of free money. Because I promise you, and I and I believe this with my heart of hearts, that if this has become the expectation. Next year, people will be sadly disappointed. Yeah, yeah. And so we have, um, I think we, we, we have definitely failed to ensure that, like, stimulus monies were designed, were, were accomplishing what it was designed to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. And so I think there, there, there have been some short-term the, the short-term impact, you know, the suffering of people not going to work. Mm-hmm. And it's impacted businesses, you know, our small businesses, you know, dramatically. And then when we consider the fact of people um, getting accustomed to this, it the mindset, it grows into being dependent and right. not putting your hands to the work and working for um, what you get. There is a pride that comes with doing the work and being able to see the fruit of your labor. And we miss it because it is not so much as what we say often, it's what we do. And so we have a generation of young folk watching. And it's not a good look when you have cities and states and where people feel like I can choose whether or not I go to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not a good look. There's no future there. It, exactly. Well, let me ask you last question. And listen, I know you're busy. Thank you for the time. I'm so glad. let's say, all right, you win the election. You step into City Hall. Everyone greets you there. And, and it's, you know, your first day on the job as the mayor. You go into the office. I don't even know. I've never been in the mayor's office okay. or whatever. But there you are. And you close the door. What's the first phone call you make? (laughs) Well, there's a song called Jesus on the Main Line. (laughs) The first thing that I am going to do is definitely pray. Definitely pray. Um, And in all honesty, um, I'm definitely going to reach to greater, to greater, to greater leadership. Like, you know, for those that have traveled the road, um, and to see, see counsel, sound counsel, um, and actually begin the work because we don't have a lot of time to waste. (laughs) Um, and that's one thing that I would say that my focus it's on Kinston. Yeah. And then, you know, I thought about it, and this may sound a little corny, but it's like Felicia's ongoing care for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep. so um, it's definitely be about, you know, rallying the troops, rallying the community, and putting our hands to the work and to do what we have to do. Well, Felicia Solomon, thank you so much for coming thank in today. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. you for serving in our community and for stepping out to run. I know that's filled with a lot of fear on the one hand and joy on the other and a little bit of mud. I hope not. I mean, I'm a little, but 
Thank you for thank coming. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank and you. everybody, always... thank you for being part of this experiment, this Kinston election special. You have a friend that needs to hear this, so share this, send this out. Check out all the episodes of all our mayoral candidates who've been able to come by. Uh, they're all being released in the same time. And you can also check out back episodes of Encounter Grace. We've got 30 or 40 of them out. Great stuff to help you live life and see God's work in the world for our good. So thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time. This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. Visit gracekinston.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.